The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Let some things be retrograde. Hello and welcome to Retrograde Land, guys. I am Stephanie Sambari and I'm so excited because this week on the show, we have Ronan Levy of Field Trip Health. And Field Trip is trying a new approach to feeling better with psychedelic medicine and treatment. And we get into all of that with Ronan asking some pretty specific questions and then sharing personal anecdotes about my own experience using psychedelics. And it's really exciting. So uh, without further ado, let us introduce Elizabeth and Stephanie and Ronan Levy of Field Trip Health. As we've been known to do, we're out here trend hunting, seeing what's coming around the pipeline in the world of so-called health and wellness. We're on these and streets. We really, really are in on these streets from our homes. Um, <laughs> we've got Ronan Levy joining us. Welcome, Ronan. You are the founder of Field Trip Health, which is bringing psychedelic therapies to the masses around the world. Welcome. Thank, Thank you for you. being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I have to say that's probably one of the coolest titles and introductions I've ever heard. <laughs> and I feel like it's such a cool reflection of just where we are, like in our awareness as a as a collective that we can just introduce you as a person who's bringing psychedelics to the masses like I feel like I've been waiting for this moment for like 20 years <laughs> isn't it isn't it remarkable though you know 10 years ago had you asked me about cannabis it'd be like Psh, yeah cannabis right that's not going to be legal anytime soon and here I am sitting in Canada and we have full legal federal access to cannabis and five years ago had you asked me about psychedelics and I'd be like you're out to lunch on that one. And here we are, you know, just a couple of years later. And uh, it's it's very close and it's very real. It's so awesome. So let's talk about what your work is with Field Trip Health. And because that's really the main focus of today's conversation. Because to me, I, I just want to know what's happening with Field Trip. Sure. And I'll just clarify that I'm one of the co-founders. I'm not the only founder in Field Trip. There's actually five of us and and we make a very awesome coherent whole because I can tell you I'm really terrible at things like operations and Excel spreadsheets. Uh, and I have some capable and amazing <laughs> business partners who are much better at that kind of stuff. So we, we complement each other. So with Field Trip, we are working on the end-to-end -end development and delivery of psychedelic therapies. So there's so much happening with psychedelics, and it, it's so different than how we think about most conventional medicines that mm. not only are these new drugs and new therapies, but they actually really need new spaces. They need a whole new infrastructure to actually make these therapies accessible. Because when you talk about psychedelics, most people think about the drug, but what's really happening is you've got the drug like ketamine or psilocybin or, you know, MDMA or all the other ones that are, are being talked about right now. And then you have the therapy process around it, but it's also important that not only do you have great therapy around it, you have a great space to do it in too. So you need all of this research, you need this therapy, you need these protocol developments, and you need these new spaces. And, and when we looked at it, we're like, shit, we, we, excuse my language, but we need all of this. And, and we have a, very unique skill set to really bring this and, and make it happen, having been very instrumental and active in, in the cannabis industry and, and helping that really get its feet. So we decided to bite off just about everything that we could chew. And so we're focused through Field Trip Health, building out uh, locations for the delivery of psychedelic therapies, beautiful, bright, welcoming, safe locations that 
bear almost no resemblance to a doctor's office, even though they are medically equipped and do have doctors in them. Uh, and then we also are, through field trip discovery, working on advancing and developing new psychedelic products and, and, and therapies and, and molecules. So we've got a new molecule that we've developed called FT-104. Uh, that's a novel synthetic psychedelic molecule that's got all the best attributes of psilocybin, but much shorter uh, time frame. Because one of the biggest challenges with this is just how long it takes, which makes it expensive uh, when you're talking about psychedelic therapies. And, and so we're working on some really cool innovations and, and new products on that side as well. So I guess my first question just for, I think, you know, a listener, listen, I, Elizabeth and I are both uh, psychedelic journeymen. We're big fans. But I think there's a lot of people who kind of would ask the question, like, why psychedelics? You know, I think that the the stigma is like, it's a drug. You know, you go into the woods and you see a bunch of alien fairies and they tell you about your who knows what happened. You know, I feel like there's just a stigma and there's not an understanding of the healing component. So I would love if you could speak to that a bit. Yeah. So, so why psychedelics and, and why now is, is one of the questions that I, I get quite a bit. And I think it's a confluence of things, right? Like we're, we're sitting in a time and a space where there's a massive mental health crisis and, and mm. conventional approaches like antidepressants and SSRIs just aren't cutting it for most people, right? They just don't work very well. They do work for some and we don't want to diminish that. That's important and it's great. But for most people, it doesn't work and it comes with a lot of side effects. Well, you also hit a wall. Just to yeah. say, as someone who's been on those, like they can, they can kind of, they put a a veil over whatever the pain is, but then you're hitting a wall. You're not breaking through to me. And that's where the psychedelics make the difference. A hundred percent. Exactly. So antidepressants treat the symptoms. They kind of numb the suffering of, of depression, but they don't ask the question or help you get to the the reason for the depression and, and work through it and get right. It. And that's why psychedelics are so exciting. Um, because they are so much more holistic in their approach. And it's one of the things I love about it. And I can, I can totally nerd out on, on why I'm excited about psychedelics um, on a philosophical level as well. But yeah, you've got, you've got antidepressants that aren't working, that aren't really solving the problem, just kind of numbing the problem. You've got people questioning all of their once probably strongly held viewpoints of illicit narcotics like cannabis. And we've seen what happened with cannabis and, and the sky hasn't fallen and society's working great and alcohol consumption is down. Is well, it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> relatively speaking. I mean, reefer madness didn't happen. <laughs> if it weren't for cannabis, I would not be functioning yeah. in this reality. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, is like, when you look at like, listen, cannabis isn't harmless. Psychedelics aren't harmless. But when you look at it relative to alcohol and tobacco, it's like, how did we end up with alcohol and tobacco and, and cannabis and psychedelics somehow got stigmatized? Totally. But, you know, we, we live in a society where cannabis was demonized, reefer madness, all that kind of stuff for so long. Mm-hmm. And then really quickly, we legalized broad-based access to it. And, you know, I guess society isn't functioning any worse than it was before. And maybe, exactly. at least in that respect, is functioning slightly better uh, as people hopefully move away from alcohol to some degree. And, and if they need to replace it with something less harmful, both to self and, and others like cannabis. So you got, you know, changing attitudes. You've got this massive need. You got the opioid crisis saying like, mm-hmm. what? We put all of our faith in the FDA and these big pharma companies and, and truthfully, they screwed us. Not everyone, but you know, it's really uh, hampered that trust that, that once existed. So people are looking for natural-ish, you know, LSD and MDMA, ketamine are not natural, but they kind of get bucketed into plant-based medicine, just given their history. You got meditation and yoga going super mainstream and all of these things are converging on a place and time right now. And 
Also, we happen to be in the biggest need ever because of the pandemic. We see rates of depression or depression symptoms tripling, suicidal ideation tripling. You know, Elizabeth, you touched on it. It's like what's getting you through is cannabis. Like we have this massive. So it's like it, it's because of all of these happening, all of these things happening at once. Oh, and then the most important point, which I didn't touch on, is the research. You know, all of this came about almost almost by happenstance it's it that's too sim, too much of a simplification but you had all this great research on lsd and psilocybin in the 50s and 60s and then it gets shut down and then about 10 or 15 maybe 20 years ago you know some researchers noticed that ketamine which is an anesthetic an fda approved anesthetic that's been used since like the 70s uh people who have it as an anesthetic tend to report significant improvements in their mood uh, and just kind of recognizing that this seems to be a consistent thing uh, they decided to dive into the research and the research showed that ketamine is, you know, has been described by Tom Insel, who was the former uh, director of the National Institute of Mental Health as the most important breakthrough in, in depression treatment in the last 50 years. So, wow. you know, so you have all this incredible research around ketamine and, and other psychedelics coming to the fore, showing how relatively safe and effective they are. So, so that's why, why now and why ketamine or why psychedelics? I think it says something about the culture that like, okay, so when we were like younger, it was, you know, Molly, MDMA was kind of the like thing to do. Then it became mushrooms. And I'm talking in a party sense, right? Mm -hmm. But in the party sense, usually you're looking for the thing, you're looking for the release that you could also receive in a, in a medical sense. But it was like Molly, MDMA, then it was like mushrooms were the thing. And now like every young person that I know, and I'm not saying this is great, but they're like doing ketamine recreationally. And I just think right. it speaks to we have always been seeking that level of healing. It's just when done in a recreational sense, it's not, I don't think that you integrate whatever you're seeking in the same way as you could in, in the setting that you're describing. And that's, what's really, really cool. Taking it to like the clinical place makes it a safer. And also then you don't have the need to just do it at a party all the time. Cause you're, you're better. You're okay. And let's, let's dig into the ketamine for for a bit because okay for do me do you have I remember, any on you no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> my my first introduction to ketamine was I'm from Detroit so there was like a whole Detroit raver scene and I remember a friend of mine going into like a, what they what the kids called a k-hole and me like sitting with him in the bathroom just keeping him company as he worked through it mm -hmm. then you know years later late 20s I was having a fun night out and, you know, ketamine was brought to the table and it was like a fun drug to, to party with. Now I have friends who are doing ketamine therapy to help with their depression. And um, as Steph said, you know, she she's dabbled in it a bit more as like a social thing. I had a nasal spray for a little while. So yeah. Somebody okay. gave me. So yeah. so it was introduced as like a party drug slash horse trink or horse tranquilizer. Is that mm -hmm. what it was? Back? That's, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what so Dara like, told what, us. So what, right? Yeah. So what is it? What does it do? How is it being administered in a therapeutic sense? Like give us the full breakdown because we need to know. The people need to know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, I'm not going to go into the science and chemistry of it too deeply. Uh, so, so what ketamine is, is it is an anesthetic. It's been an anesthetic. It's been around for almost 70 years, I think. Um, and as, as I mentioned, it, it kind of just people realized that it had these positive mental health breakthroughs. And, and truthfully, one of the challenges about what we're doing right now is trying to overcome 
you know, those stigmas about K-holes and horse tranquilizers and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then kind of rebrand ketamine. But ketamine, even though she the... Needs a, re- font <laughs> it needs a font change. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> um, so ketamine, you know, it, it works. It doesn't hit the same receptors in the brain as the classic psychedelics like psilocybin and LSD, but it creates a very similar experience. And what that similar experience is is that you kind of break through the limitations of your mind. You know, in the talk of psychedelics, what happens is uh, you have ego dissolution or ego reduction, right? And the ego is is basically the operating system in your brain. It's telling what parts of brains to work, what parts of the brain to shut up, you know, what parts to talk to each other. And when you slow that down, all of a sudden your brain starts talking to itself more, you know, and and you start making connections and, and things that were once off limits because of trauma or whatever reason, all of a sudden become accessible from a degree of objectivity. So you can go back and people respond to or or report that ketamine experiences can vary from being very much like psilocybin and flowery and exactly what you think like a psychedelic experience is going to be like to one where it's kind of like you're in outer space and having an out-of-body experience. So it can be all over the spectrum of what people's experiences are. But during that time, because A, their brain is talking to itself more, and B, they can revisit and very often do revisit past experiences, past traumas, past events, and all these things start to come up, you can start doing the emotional processing. You know, I, I'm I'm speculating, but I genuinely believe that a lot, almost all of our mental health conditions are tied back to the fact that we are either unable or unallo- not allowed to actually process our emotions and feelings and uh, so it enables people to start processing their emotions and, and being able to go back to those moments and move past them and let them go. So to the extent that they were causing depression, anxiety, or holding them back on whatever, you can break free, you can move past it. And then, you know, there's actually the biological piece of it, which is super cool as well, which is ketamine along with the other other classic psychedelics offer a period of neuroplasticity. So after you have your your ketamine trip, for a period of a, a day to a couple of days afterwards, your brain is actually much more malleable. You know, I mean, they talk about kids who are super able to learn languages super with a great degree of ease, right? Uh, but as adults, it becomes way harder because our, our mental models become more rigid and, and more entrenched. But after a psychedelic experience or ketamine experience, those models become malleable and you mm. can actually move things. So that's why integration is so important. That's the time where your body's actually able to learn new languages or new habits or new mindsets or new anything along those lines, because it really is a holistic thing. It's not only that you start to feel better and you start the emotional processing, but you actually make real changes in how you see the world and how you live your life. And it's the combination of those that lead to the fantastic outcomes that we're seeing. You know, it's so true. Like just when I was given that nasal spray by like a via a friend who got it from a doctor, which I know is not the correct way to get it. But I just went on my own journey of experimentation. Look, it was early pandemic days. I was like, when someone gives you when someone gives you a fucking ketamine inhaler and it's a pandemic, you're just going to do your thing. All right, guys, today I'm so stoked because we have a new partner and it's a very 2021 partner of convenience and also health. We are talking about Capsule. Okay. Capsule is a new kind of pharmacy that hand delivers your prescriptions the same day for free. It's really easy to use. All you have to do is visit capsule.com. It takes 15 seconds to sign up. And then when your prescription is ready, Capsule will text you to schedule a free delivery at the time that you choose. And then a capsule courier hand delivers your medication to your door straight from their pharmacy in a tamper proof package. It's totally secure. 
It's both prescription medications and over-the-counter stuff. And I just think it's so great because I've never really had a positive experience waiting online to fill up a prescription. It's always really intense. There's a lot of people there. There's fluorescent lighting. It's just not a good scene. And so Capsule is really (laughs) answering the prayer of the person who never wants to stand on another line at a pharmacy ever again. It's so, 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 so cool. They are only available right now in New York City and the surrounding tri-state areas. They're also available in Austin, Boston, Chicago, the Twin Cities and LA and other cities are coming soon. But if you live in New York City, tri-state area, Austin, Boston, Chicago, or the Twin Cities or LA, you can visit capsule.com. Sign up to get your prescription hand delivered today for free. That's capsule.com and start signing up for capsule guys. This is so very cool. They have over 6,000 five-star reviews. People say that they're the best. And someone said, you guys are the best. Please walk me down the aisle at my wedding day. That's how intimate people are with their pharmacist. And now they're capsule delivery guys. So head over to capsule.com, sign up and get your prescription hand delivered today for free. Thrilled about this new partner. We've got Beekeepers Naturals. You guys into propolis? I love their throat spray. I've been using it since I discovered the brand four plus years ago and Beekeepers Naturals is on a mission to reinvent your medicine with clean, effective products that actually work. They've created a whole hive, as you could say, of products packed with immune loving essentials so you can feel your best all day. The propolis spray, I take about once a day to support my immune system and it delivers natural germ-fighting properties and antioxidants to defend and protect our bodies. It's sustainably sourced, and this spray is made with just three simple ingredients. You'll never find refined sugars, dyes, or dirty chemicals in these products ever. They also have actual little bee pollen that you can add to smoothies or just take. If you're not feeling well, they've got a cough syrup. They've got a honey. I mean, they've really got it all. I am such a fan and we're so, so excited to have them as partners. And guess what? If you don't like any of the products, they offer a 100% money back guarantee for any reason you're unhappy with the products. We've worked out an exclusive deal for that. So retrograde listeners, that's you guys. So you'll get 15% off your first order. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash retrograde. Use code retrograde at checkout to claim the deal. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash retrograde. So I recommend the propolis spray and check out their other clean remedies you and your family will love. Meet your new medicine cabinet with Beekeepers Naturals. You can also find Beekeepers Naturals nationwide in over a thousand stores like Whole Foods and Sprouts. So they're out there on these streets, guys. Get into it. The propolis spray. I promise you, you're going to love it. All right, guys, we are talking again about a partner that you know I've been talking about for a few weeks now. We are talking about Love Wellness and their sexual health kit, which is thoughtfully paired personal care products for maintaining balance with intimacy, which means a good vaginal pH. We love it. Nothing is better than a smooth sailing pH in your most sensitive area. Inside the kit, we have a pH balancing cleanser, something called the killer, sex stuff, and do it all wipes. The pH balancing cleanser is game changing for washing my most sensitive areas. I was always having problems with different soaps. The pH balancing cleanser is really good. I don't get any irritations anymore, which I'm really excited about. 
Sex Dove is a clean lube that supports women's health and is fun too. It is free of ingredients like glycerin and parabens that can disrupt the vaginal environment because it is made with aloe. And it is pH balanced to match and maintain the vagina's pH and good bacteria. And most importantly, it's super slippery and hydrating. It is formulated to support the vaginal environment, unlike drugstore brands of lube that are made with ingredients that can be harmful to our bodies. It's for a fun and healthy, sexy time with more orgasms and a lot of lubrication. So hit up that sex stuff. Sometimes you don't have time for foreplay. Sometimes there isn't an hour to get someone to go down on you and you just want to get to it. So that's why lube is important. Then we have the do-it-all wipes that are gentle, intimate cleaning wipes that fit perfectly into your purse, made with clean ingredients like organic coconut oil, organic aloe vera, organic chamomile extract. You can practice safe external personal hygiene that maintains vaginal pH levels and good bacteria. I like it because I don't always like to shower, but I always like to feel fresh. And that's why I always have the do-it-all wipes with me wherever I go, just in case I get into a pickle. In all seriousness, I also use them in my house because it just feels nice to to have a fresh wipe like that. And last but not least, we have the killer, which is a simple but powerful single ingredient solution for maintaining healthy levels of vaginal yeast and bacteria. And once again, balancing your vaginal pH It is developed by a doctor. It is the original boric acid suppository for use as on the spot treatment or for a few days in a row when your pH is getting funky and you just want to be fresh. I just love how much Love Wellness loves our vaginas. It's so important that we feel empowered and confident and that we're just comfortable. So head over to lovewellness.com slash retrograde and you will get 20% off your sexual wellness kit with code retrograde. I tell you guys, we are reading these ads, but I am truly obsessed with their products. I'm so happy with the revelation of the cleanser and the wipes. I just start to get more unhinged the more that I talk about vaginas and sex. So I'm going to go. But I think you guys should head over to lovewellness.com slash retrograde, use code retrograde, and uh, pop that pussy. At Field Trip Health, you guys offer ketamine treatments. Can you explain what the rundown of that is, how it's administered, how one acclimates into that? Like the whole, I'm so curious. Yeah, of course. So we're really focused on doing it in really a, a psychedelic informed approach. There are a bunch of ketamine infusion centers uh, across the U.S. where they essentially yeah. just provide you ketamine and treat it like an antidepressant. You know, they're giving you a drug. It makes you feel better for a while, but it doesn't enable change um, or, or healing. Whereas the psychedelic approach we use to it, it really is designed to enable healing. So it's it's done as ketamine assisted therapy so we're using the ketamine to facilitate and and catalyze the effectiveness of conventional therapy by by and large and, and so depending on your personal situation you would come in we, we screen everybody by with a psychiatrist and as well as an M, uh, an md to make sure that both physically and from a mental health perspective ketamine assisted therapy is is appropriate or, or not contraindicated assuming everything's a go there then depending on the program which can range from typically two ketamine sessions all the way up to six plus depending on on the challenge and, and mental health condition you're working with what we do is we have a ketamine exploratory session where you go in and you, and you get the ketamine. We, we prefer to administer by intramuscular injection 
because what that enables us to do is it because of the high bioavailability, you get the most intense experience with the fastest onset in the shortest period of time. Uh, so you can go really, really deep on the ketamine and have those awarenesses and, and realizations. Whereas, you know, with a ketamine experience or, or ketamine and, uh, IV kind of experience or nasal, it's not necessarily as available. You need more of it and, and you don't necessarily go as deep. We really want people to go deep and have those realizations. And so you'd have a, you'd receive the ketamine through an intramuscular injection. And then immediately following the ketamine experience where you're kind of in the trip, which lasts, call it an hour to an hour and a half. After that, there's a therapist present and you have a time to talk about the experience and really raise whatever came up. It's not intended to be a you know, intense psychotherapy. It's just a really an opportunity to start to emote uh, and express all the emotions that may have come up during the, the experience. You do that twice typically. And then after every two ketamine and exploratory sessions, we do a pure integration session where there's, there's no drugs. It is pure cognitive behavioral therapy where we take advantage of that period of neuroplasticity when you're really open to change and adopting new habits and mindsets and, and, and values and all that kind of stuff and really put that into action. So, you know, it's not just about, you know, deciding to see the world through rose colored glasses. We'll also encourage you to, you know, start exercising more, eat better, all the kind of things that we know has a significant impact on, on our mental health. And that's typically the course of treatment. It's really the, the ketamine with therapy and then pure integration therapy after a couple of ketamine sessions. What are the risks involved with, with doing it? And like the, for someone who would be, you know, apprehensive. Yeah, generally ketamine, as with most psychedelics, are pretty safe. Ketamine mm. is a little bit unique because it can elevate uh, blood pressure. Uh, and because it is an anesthetic, it can slow your breathing a little bit. So if you have uh, really severe mental health challenges like schizophrenia, or multiple personality disorders, those would typically be a contraindication because those conditions, people already have a, a more challenging grip on what we'd call objective reality. So you don't necessarily want to enhance that through a right. psychotropic experience. If you have uncontrolled blood pressure, if you you know have potential obstructions of, of, of your breathing, you know, apparatuses, it, it, those can be contraindications as well. But besides that, there's, it's pretty low risk with ketamine. It's, it's, it can be addictive, but not typically, especially when done in a therapeutic setting, because the use is not very frequent. So there's very, very little risk of, of addiction. There's almost no risk of overdose. Ketamine is one of the safest, you know, known pharmaceuticals out there in many respects. Like if you're, if you have a child and, and they break their arm or their leg and you take them to an ER room, it's probably ketamine that a doctor would administer. It's that kind of safety level. Oh, wow. So it, it's quite safe. So there's, there's not, not a lot of risk. The, the, probably the biggest risk, given that we control and, and screen to make sure that some of the physical health risks and mental health risks aren't there. Uh, the only other big risk is that you have to confront your fears or, or deal with a challenging experience. And, when done by yourself, you know, it can be potentially problematic because it can really exasperate feelings of, of trauma or hurt or anything along those lines. But when done in a, in a safe, controlled environment with a therapist who's equipped to help you navigate these, those challenging experiences can actually be the most therapeutic. So, mm. it, you know, the putative bad trip, generally speaking, doesn't exist. At least that's the current understanding. There's hard trips and there's easy trips. Hard trips can become bad trips if you're left to your own devices and, and don't have the necessary support. But hard trips can also become the most cathartic and therapeutic experiences because you're confronting the, the real demons inside you when, when you go through a hard trip. And, and when you have the, a team of people there to support you and help you get through it, it can be a really amazing breakthrough. Strength in numbers. 
That's right. What do you think needs to happen in order to lift the stigma around this type of therapy? Because I think it sounds cool to us, but I can only imagine it'll be challenging to really bring this to the masses, which I, I know it'll work. We'll get there eventually, just as you, as you spoke about cannabis earlier and how that is completely changed in the past few years in terms, in terms of accessibility and being used as a therapy. So what needs to happen here? And do you see it as a challenge? I, I don't see it as a challenge, uh, to be quite honest. I think it's something we need to work at. But having come from the cannabis industry, when we launched in the cannabis industry, uh, we launched it at a big medical conference and we had a booth. And literally, you'd walk the, see the physicians walking along the hallway towards us, see our sign, which said medical marijuana starts here. And then they would give us a wide berth and walk around us, like not even look at us, not even want to walk close to us. They would give us physical space. They wanted so little to do with us. And within about <laughs> two years, we had gone from being a total pariah to being one of the most popular booths at the conference because doctors saw just how effective cannabis medicine was. But we were starting from a very low threshold. With ketamine and psychedelics, the threshold is actually much higher. You know, we have uh, you know, there, there's almost no therapist I've met who has, isn't at least intrigued by the potential of psychedelics to enhance their work. Same goes with psychiatrists. They may be a little bit more skeptical, but they're open-minded. You know, we have an incredible body of evidence uh, around the use of, of psychedelics and, and ketamine going back as far as like the 50s and 60s. So we're, we're starting from, you know, a really objective starting point with good data that's only getting enhanced by more modern research and all that kind of stuff. So is it a challenge? No, I don't think it's a challenge. I think it's just part of the work we have to do. Uh, but because it's being led by science and data and a medical community and, 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 and medical or therapeutic professionals, it's going to happen a lot easier because you're not talking to some, you know, stereotypical stoner on the street with a big blunt, you know, saying free the weed. You're talking to a psychiatrist <laughs> or like a a medical doctor who's like, yeah, with a big I, blunt I, saying free the cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a big nasal spray. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's just about keeping at it, having these conversations, you know, opening one mind at a time and, and it'll become, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I've always been extremely bullish about how fast this would happen. And I'm even shocked about how quickly this has gone mainstream. Do you think that COVID of it all is having something to do with it? In I terms think of so. just like a shifting reality and everyone's like, okay, new paradigm, let's go. Yeah, I, I think that's certainly part of it. You know, if, if I was going to put on my metaphysics hat, it's not a coincidence that these things happened around the same time. I think this would happen without COVID. I think COVID is just going to accelerate and exacerbate the need for it while people are looking for it. Because like everyone, like, listen, if you haven't felt isolated or anxious, you know, about getting sick or economics or your job, or your family, if you haven't felt angry, you know, you're probably not paying attention too carefully. And the truth is, is most people worldwide are not very equipped to actually process these emotions. We've been taught not to, right? You're not supposed to get angry. You're not supposed to get, especially men. Um, and, and so, you know, you're pushing against a wall and eventually that's going to topple and people are going to be, and it's already happening, being like, well, we need a different approach. We need a different attitude. And wow, this is pretty exciting. And, you know, as evidenced by the use of these drugs in, in a recreational context, experiences are pretty good, right? It's not like antidepressants where it kind of sucks. Uh, people enjoy the medicine. And, and that's one of like the conceptual challenges with what is happening, which is like, are you supposed to enjoy medicine? Isn't, isn't there something kind of in a paradigm of medicine is supposed to taste bad? 
Um, right. But, uh, you know, it's it's all happening right now. I would love to hear you kind of philosophize on why the clinical studies, because I remember reading about MDMA therapy and LSD therapy. Like you said, it was starting in like the 60s, right? And then what happened and why do you think that there was such a pushback? I mean, I have my own theories that, you know, the powers that be don't want us to be awake, <laughs> basically. But I don't know if there's actual evidence to support that or kind of I would love to hear you speak on why it's taken, you know, it, it basically happened. Then it took a big quiet break. It got stigmatized, pushed to the recesses, and now it's coming back. Yeah, I mean, this is all me speculating. So, so take it for what it's worth. But I think it's pretty well documented that the war on drugs was initiated by the Nixon administration yeah. as a way to isolate and marginalize groups that had different political philosophies than the majority, or at least the government at that time. And I think that's pretty well established. Uh, so I think it was a strategic tactical decision to retra- to retain power, to entrench power in the hands that had it. Yeah. You know, is it because people were afraid of people being woke? There's a part of me that says, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, it, it didn't, it doesn't fit the existing power structures. Uh, and so those power structures are going to resist you know, existential risks to them. And and I think a lot of the ideals, especially in the counterculture movement, and and which was probably too far extreme, Mm -hmm. uh, way too far extreme, but a lot of the ideals, you know, still percolate today. Like the environmental movement was really born out of the hippie movement and the counterculture movement. It's like, that's a wonderful thing. A lot of human rights came out of that. So there's a lot of really profound, uh, strong ideas that continue to percolate through. Some of it was a little too probably outlandish, uh, but it was a big threat to the existing power structures. So yeah, it's not surprising that, you know, there is a massive, massive political philosophical war on pushing these things aside and, and not letting people access them. And, and you can also trace that and in, in probably many racist roots as well. Mm-hmm. You know that with cannabis, uh, we probably know that with, um, psilocybin mushrooms and all that kind of stuff there was probably that's them you know us nice white folk Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't do that stuff Uh, even though ironically there's a great book called the immortality key that kind of traces psychedelics all the way back to the origins of christianity and all that kind of stuff but um i mean a high uh, person would think of all of that it's true it's true (laughs) um fortunately yeah nobody sober uh, is like i think there's profits like huh no, you're tripping out. <laughs> That's exactly right. So yeah, so I think it was all that. And, you know, if I, if I again, put on my metaphysics hat and try to like go a little woo-woo, there's a part of me that thinks that humanity wasn't quite ready, right. you know, for what too. psychedelics could unleash. Just a quick anecdote. I speak with someone who went through our ketamine treatments and, and she was saying that um, she had never done psychedelics before, but she found that during the ketamine experience, she found the profound in everything. Right. Mm. Like, you know, and, and, and that's one of the things I think we've closed our eyes to as a society. Like science has been wonderful at creating knowledge, but in that process has destroyed meaning uh, mm. for a lot of people. And I think part of uh, what people find so powerful about psychedelics is it really connects you to something that's been lost in terms of meaning. It's very you know, amorphous. It's hard to describe. Some people call it God. Some people call it the universe. Some people call it love. It doesn't really matter, but there's a connection to a friend of mine described it as like connecting science to know to what we actually know in our hearts. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that's so beautiful about everything that's happening right now is that reintegration of knowledge with, with emotion and spirituality. I always ask this when it comes to the, like a new therapy, a new treatment, any of this, like what is the buy-in cost for sessions 
over at Field Trip Health? Yeah, it depends on the program that you're going through. So we call it, we have an Explorer package, particularly in California, which is, I don't remember the exact, but it's, it's two ketamine sessions, two exploratory therapy sessions, and I think one or two integration sessions. Mm-hmm. And that's about $2,500. And then there's our core package, which is what most people uh, choose to go through, which is a total of six ketamine treatments, six exploratory therapy sessions, and three integration sessions. And, and that's uh, between $4,900 and $5,900, so five to $6,000, which certainly is a, is a lot of money. But we've really tried hard to price it in a manner that's consistent with what you'd probably be paying to a clinical psychologist. So if you break it down on a per hour basis, it works out to just under $300 an hour, uh, mm. which is you know, not as not in line with the typical cost of a psychologist, but not entirely out of line. Uh, so we've really tried to make it as accessible as possible. But that's one of the big challenges with this is because you've got doctors involved, you know, psychiatrists, MDs, uh, nurses, respiratory therapists to make sure that nothing goes wrong, therapists, clinical psychologists, sure. and, and you're spending hours at a time in a location for these therapies. It, it, it's hard not to make it, you know, significant, a significant cost. But then also, you know, ideally, I'm assuming that once you go through, like you're going to to the full buy-in with what you guys are doing, then on the on the other end, you don't need to continuously go to like weekly rigorous talk therapy because you've probably. I mean, I was in talk therapy for like 15 years, and it's like I feel like I talked about the same thing for fucking 10 of those years. Yeah, you probably I was like did. in a loop about my dad. It's like fucking get over it. You know what I mean? Like okay, <laughs> and so I think that sometimes you need to break through, and then you don't need that same level. So in the long run, it seems like it's an investment that saves you down the line. Potentially huge. Yeah. Um, you know, there's one study that came out from MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Now, their study was specifically about the use of MDMA to treat PTSD, but by their calculations, based on you know, less utilization of other medicines, less utilization of the hospital systems, and, and importantly, enabling people to go back to work and actually not have to take vacation days and sick days and all that kind of stuff. The cost savings of MDMA-assisted therapy for PTSD relative to conventional treatments was over $100,000 US wow. uh, per person. Like, it, it's very wow. significant. Um, we don't have those numbers for ketamine therapy just yet, but it's certainly something we'll, we'll be looking at as well. That's so interesting. So you guys have how many locations now? So we have five locations operating in in Toronto, New York, uh, LA, uh, Atlanta, and Chicago. We just signed a lease in San Diego. uh, And we also are opening in Amsterdam. And what's cool about Amsterdam because uh, the the Dutch are so progressive in in some respects. (laughs) Yeah. Well, some some rules, some very bizarre rules, actually. But yeah. uh, we can work with psilocybin truffles, so we can work with uh, the natural Fun. Cool. Yeah. And then for those who, who don't have access to one of your clinics, I know there's an app. Yeah, exactly. So we have our app trip. What we realized uh, is that not just psychedelics, but this whole consciousness expansion, self-discovery thing is really becoming mainstream. And you had all of these jurisdictions like Denver and Oakland and Ann Arbor where they're not legalizing access to psychedelics. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Michigan proud, right? Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, and but they're also they're not legalizing them, but they're kind of tacitly making them okay by decriminalizing them. And you're gonna have all these people out self exploring. So we realized that all the protocols that we've put together to make our experience in our field trip health locations amazing 
can be pretty simply digested and, and synthesized into something that people who, and we never advocate anyone to go out or break the law or do anything without proper supervision or oversight. But if you're going to do it, you know, we're not naive. So if you're going to do it, do it right. You know, follow the protocols, do set an intention, like set yourself up, make sure you're in like a safe, comfortable environment, reflect on these questions after your experience and, and mm. really try to make the most of your experience. And, and so that's what we've done with, uh, with trip is really try to build an easy to follow a self-guided form of consciousness expansion practice. And that can be done with meditation. It can be done with breath work. It can be done with, you know, legal psychedelics. It can be done with just about everything, but it's, it's the process that really matters the most. Talking to you is giving me like hope about humanity. Just like the, the fact that the, the, there's such a far reach for people wanting to expand their consciousness and going on this journey makes me feel so invigorated because sometimes you look at, you know, what's coming through our newsfeed or whatever. And it literally feels like we're getting dumber and darker by the second based on what's being uh, fed to us. And mm -hmm. to hear you talk about how people are so willing and wanting to break through, I'm just like inspired that we're not, it's not going to be so bad for us after all. <laughs> you know, humanity is trying to evolve. And I think that's we're really beautiful. We're all going to be okay. Yeah. We're all going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> in. And I know that you, you also have a podcast. We're going to be on it as well. It's called Field Tripping. We're so excited. Awesome. Um, so this has been so wonderful. Thank you for just educating us and starting this conversation for us um, with something that it's very clear is going to be such a bigger part of our culture and of healing moving forward. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, a great conversation and I, I look forward to continuing it on the flip side where I can ask you guys more, more questions and, and hear your perspectives and, and most importantly, experiences. All right, guys. Well, listen, I hope that you've put down the ketamine for a second. You're floating fancy free in your consciousness, feeling good about how we're living in this new era of psychedelic journeying in a medical and professional setting. God, every time I think about it, it just makes me so happy. Me too. And you know what I think is important while journeying? What? Having like a cute sweatshirt or two. Oh. I and mean, perhaps a beanie. If I'm not cozy on a journey, I don't enjoy the journey. <laughs> don't want it. Don't want not a, Not the journey for me. No. So everybody, guess what? What? Today is the day Stephanie and I just launched our first batch of our own That's So Retrograde merch. Yay! Do, do we have an applause audio plug-in? I'm so excited that I can't even contain myself. This, You guys, this has been a really long time coming. Stephanie and I have been working on this mm -hmm. since… Um, to what, last since year. 2018. <laughs> since we were born. Yeah. But since last year, really, this is this is a big deal. So let's tell you about the offerings, shall we? Steph and I like to think of ourselves in a orange beanie brigade. I mean, we love an orange beanie so damn much. Did I ever tell you about the time that I was sitting at the taco truck near my house and someone came up to me, this guy, and he was like, excuse me, super hot guy. Also, don't think he was British. Don't know why I made that accent. Um, are you part of the larger orange beanie crew? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, because the other day I was down here and I saw just like a whole bunch of people in an orange beanie. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, no, but I want to be. And now we all can be. We all can be. So we, it's, 
a very cute insignia that says that's so retrograde with our little new planets homage design. Mm -hmm. And it's so cute and we're so excited and we like searched high and low. We were like, it needs to be a neon orange beanie because that is what we love to wear. I feel most myself in a neon orange beanie. Yes, it's just essential. Yeah. And then our cozy crew neck, which has the same That's So Retrograde Planets insignia on it with a take me to retrograde land in the back. Because when Steph and I record, we're always swooping into retrograde land. That's right. Um, And it's very cozy. And if in the pictures, if you guys check them out, I think I'm in a medium and Steph is in a large Mm -hmm. just to like give you guys sizing and fit info. And then we have our cozy dark green hoodie Mm -hmm. that is so special. It has our smiley half moon that we love so much. Obsessed. And it says, I grew up listening to That's So Retrograde. Because we grew up creating That's So Retrograde and also listening to everyone tell us how to live our life. And we feel like you guys probably feel the same way. So we're all grown up lady babies now. And yes, grown up lady babies who are just ecstatic about this launch. And you guys can head over to shop.dearmedia.com slash TSR. You can also find the link in our show notes. And if you're listening to this episode, we're offering our faves. That's you 20% off. So it's TSR 20 for Mm -hmm. 20% off. Just a little gift to celebrate the launch. So, oh, and the first 50 people get our beloved That's So Retrograde Glass straw in their shipment. Yes. Nice touch. I have to say that the crew neck, first of all, the hoodie is so comfortable. And I like when I put it on, I was like, I want to live in this. But I find myself wearing this crew neck almost every single day. Like it's my favorite article of clothing. Yeah, it's so good. We really, we spent so much time picking the right body styles and weight of fabric. And just really, this is real passion project, Mm -hmm. as they say. (laughs) I hope this is the first of many more drops. First of many more drops. This is, yes, this is our like kind of like end of winter offering Mm -hmm. and we're already planning spring, but um, just some fun news that we're very excited to share. Get them while they're hot, kids. So um, this was a really fun episode. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you to Ronan. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.